Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. For fuck's sake, what was that? What was that, man? 28-14 to 14 lead at the half, 28-7 to 7 lead in the, second, in the third quarter, and we blew it. 24 unanswered points. Two fourth quarter turnovers, and we're 0 and 4. Oh, but the good news is we got the number one and number two pick in the draft, man. Fuck that. I, it, I, I just, I just, I can't believe what I just saw. I mean, I can and I can't all at the same time, you know, and it's um, for Justin Fields. For that, for that to be the way, the best game he's ever played in a bear uniform, for that to end, I just, <laughs> that is that is the most bear thing of all time. You know, for Fields to be nearly perfect, have his first 300-yard passing game of his career, four touchdown passes in the game, and yet it was his two turnovers at the end, and Matt Eberflus... Trusting the Bears to get a yard on fourth and one. I mean, it just all of that made for a fuckstorm of calamity in the fourth quarter, and the Bears lose. We lose a game we were winning twenty-eight to seven late in the fourth in the third quarter. And yeah, we're zero and four now. We're zero and four. That just, whew. yeah. So. Yeah, I've decided that um, even though I'm recording them every week, no jerk reactions until we win a fucking game. That's not happening. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. I mean, we play again uh, in four days, so we just get to rip the Band-Aid off and get back to it uh, early. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I really don't because at the moment – we were all because I mean the Bears promoted Tyson Bagent to back uh, backup, so he is the first guy off the bench now. I've, up until today, he was third string. Before today's game, they promote Bagent to second string. Nathan Peterman's inactive, so the Bears were basically preparing that if Justin Fields go out goes out and shits the bed again, we're gonna throw Bagent in there and see what we got. And uh, then he has the like literally the best game he's ever played in his entire career, and then it ends the way the rest of the 2023 season has gone. And so it kind of puts us back in that spot. We went 3-14 and 14 last year, but Justin Fields, for the most part, balled out uh, for us. So we put all our resources into backing him up. And, I, and I'm not putting this on Fields. I'm just talking about how this is the putting the Bears in a position where they think they know what they're going to do, and then something happens that keeps them from doing it. And it ends up probably being more hurtful than helpful right now. Because quite frankly, I love Justin Fields, but tell me you wouldn't take C.J. Stroud over him right now. C.J. Stroud in four games with the Texans, well over 1,000 yards passing, six touchdowns, zero interceptions. And the Texans are 2-2 because two two two, they kicked the shit out of Pittsburgh today. So I would take that Ohio State quarterback over the one that we got because frankly, we can trust him. Or it would appear that we could. But, I mean, who knows how he'd perform behind that offensive line. So, let's go ahead and get this shitstorm over with. This is the week four review episode of the Bear Stalk Underground. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud Oh, boy. Yeah. So, I, uh, I just don't know. I mean, the, 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 the game started to look like the rest of 2023 uh, when the Bears come out. They started with some quick passes. 
they, uh, but of course, are they to the middle of the field? No, they're right to the outside where there's willing defenders waiting uh, to bring everyone down immediately. Um, on the opening drive, the offensive line was an absolute joke. On uh, a, I think they were back to back plays, but uh, you know Herbert had a run that was stuffed in the backfield immediately, and then on another play, I think on second down was like the back to back plays. Nobody knows what the fuck the play was supposed to be because there were three guys in the backfield stopping it before it ever even had a chance to even sort of develop, which gives us third and third, third and 15. We get like 13 and a half on a nice throw from fields to DJ Moore, who had his first 100 yard game as a bear uh, today. And on if for an Owen three team, that has struggled so mightily on offense to get anything going. We get a little bit of momentum, a little bit of, you know, something going on in the passing game. We're at midfield. Eberflus selects the punt. Probably something that weighed in on the decision he made at the end of the game. But nonetheless, he decided that, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to punt here. And... The Broncos, with some help from the referees, on a bullshit roughing call on uh, Jack Sanborn. It was basically 15 yards for football player playing football is what that bullshit was. But it helped the helped extend give the Broncos 15 yards they didn't earn, and they were able to uh, finish it off uh, with an opening drive touchdown to go up seven nothing. And the the ode of here we go again starts wafting through the. Soldier Field air. I mean, you can feel the the crowd being pissed off and frustrated uh, and everything. But in the second drive, we're still struggling with the run game, but the passing game is working. Fields has more time than usual. I mean, and it was something that I talked about in the preview game. I was like, win or lose against this defense, it should at least give us the opportunity for us to be able to show ourselves what it's supposed to look like on tape when the offense is run properly. For Justin Fields to have the time, to be able to actually have the time to read the field, make his reads, make his throws, throw confidently. Justin Fields looks so good today for the majority of the football game. And hell, even in, in the crunch time at the end, he still looked good. He just made a bad throw at the end of the game, which definitely goes against him because now he's O for whatever in these last drive situations in his short career. Because we had, I think, maybe three or four of them last year. The The Dolphins game uh, definitely comes to mind. Um, what was it? Maybe the Lions uh, as well. There were at least three situations, maybe even four, last year alone where he had this opportunity and we came up short. Whether it was the receivers dropping the ball or anything like that, it was definitely – where you know where we have yet to see Justin Fields really step up and he had an opportunity today and it never happened and it you know threw the interception to to end the ball game we'll talk about that fumble scoop and score when we get to it uh later but um you know but he looks a lot more confident or he did look a lot more confident in the pocket he was able to step into his throws he's not throwing anything off his back foot or anything like that. Darnell Mooney got involved with the offense. Did anybody even remember this guy was on the fucking team? Let alone, you know, it's just like, he's hey, look at that. Darnell Mooney doing things. Wow. A Darnell Mooney sighting everyone. And then the Bears finished off the drive with a 29-yard touchdown pass from Fields to to DJ Moore, where <laughs> we got to, I mean, it was under review and everything, and they still gave it to us. I don't know if the, because Gene Steratore, the, the rules guy for CBS was like, yeah, he only got one foot down, which is technically true. But I don't I, the the booth that reviewed it must have either only had the one angle where it looks like he got his foot down, or they're counting DJ Moore kicking the pylon because uh, it's like he jumps up in the air to catch the ball, and his right foot looks as though it was gonna graze the ground. His left is the first to touch. And then as he turns to brace himself for the fall, he kicks the pylon before he hits the ground. 
And to me, that would be the only way that anyone could look at that review and still give it to us. They were used, they were, because as they say, the pylon is part of the field. So that had to be why they gave us the replay. That had to be it. Because, you know, they're going to have all the angles. And one angle, it does look like DJ Moore's foot touches, but every other angle, his right foot never touches the ground. It never touches the ground. He got the left foot in, and then he kicks the pylon before he hits the ground. That has to be why the why the officials gave it to us. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because Gene Steratore is like, I only see one foot down. And then he said, the pylon is irrelevant. Like, well, maybe you should tell those guys that because they counted it as a touchdown, and it tied up the game, and it seemed to shift the momentum a little bit because on the ensuing kickoff, Marvin Mims, who's been a top-flight rookie for the Broncos so far this year, loses the kickoff in the sun. It banks off his head, uh, his face mask, his shoulder pads. It rolls around on the ground. The Broncos were able to recover it, which is the most bare thing of all time. But the Bears shut him down three and out, force another punt, and it also flipped the field because the Bears started at the Bronco 44-yard line uh, after the punt. And, uh, you know, a few plays later, Another dime of a throw on a seam route. Hey, attacking the middle of the field. Holy shit. Who said that would have worked? Wide open Cole Komet down the middle of the field for a 22-yard touchdown. And just like that, the Bears are up 14-7. to And on the very next drive, Broncos, uh, you know, still struggling. Uh, the defense sacks Wilson. He almost got away because I don't know what it is with our defenders. And, and, and maybe it's just because they're just reaching to try to get their hands on somebody or, or whatever it is. But we have way too many guys trying to tackle people up high. That's why Baker Mayfield was able to escape in Gakway more than once in week two and why so many tackles for the Bears have failed because they're trying to grab guys up around their shoulder pads rather than going for their legs, wrapping them up around the waist or something to take him down. Wilson almost got away. He got away from Sanborn, but Sanborn was actually like reaching for his feet, almost tripped him up. And then here comes uh, Dominique Robinson and Zach Pickens. Robinson almost lets him go, but thankfully he slowed him down enough so that Zach Pickens could bring him down and finally got the, the sack on him. But that's something that we seriously need to work on. Like that big, uh, I've seen it with like peewee leagues and stuff. It's like this giant donut pad. And the point of this pad is that you kind of roll it and then you you tackle it by sticking your arm through the hole to tackle it. Basically trying to get a waist tackle on something. That's what this pad is designed for. We need to get that pad out there on practice. Well, we probably won't even have a contact practice this week because of we play on Thursday again. But that's what we need to see because the tackling sucks. Everybody's going up high and wondering why guys are running right through arm tackles uh, and all that kind of stuff. It, it just, it just, it's so frustrating uh, to watch. But you know, the Bears hold um, on third down, which was something to come to bite us back in the ass later. Um, but field position was flipped as the Bears started with their own at their own fifteen yard line, and you know it was. Another solid drive, man. They literally came right back down the field for the third drive in a row. Uh, you know, the drive started with a 24-yard run uh, from Herbert. Uh, of, of, we, then we ran a flea flicker that almost got busted up. Equinemia St. Brown, who was active today, thank God, uh, was uh, did a nice juggling catch, got three feet and a knee down, uh, you know, on the play to kind of save what would have been a busted um, a busted play because, and and I think the problem more than anything was Herbert was his pitch back to Justin Fields because he kind of lobbed it back to him instead of throwing it back to him. He kind of lobbed and it hung up in the air. And meanwhile, the the pass rush is beating down on Fields and he got it off just in time before he got hit to get it to St. Brown uh, for the first down, and that got us in Denver territory. Uh, the running game was opening up a little bit. Herbert got another five-yard chunk. And then a pass, inf- pass interference call uh, on Cole Com- Well, not on Cole Komet, but on a the Bronco defender against 
uh, Cole Komet got his first and goal from the three. Justin Fields does his favorite Pat Mahomes impression where he's rolling out to his right. He looks like he's going to run at the last second. He pulls up, boom, hits Cole Komet for another touchdown uh, to make it 21-7. Uh, to seven. And, you know, it, it, it was such an impressive half. Justin Fields had 231 yards passing. The Hail Mary attempt at the halftime was his only incompletion of the game. I think it was 16 of 17, you know, 231 or something like that. Three touchdowns, no picks. Had to have a perfect passer rating uh, at that point. I mean, he was just outstanding. It was like, this is what we've been waiting to see, you know, with with, with the, the protection. We had time. Uh, I mean, he was under duress about the same as most quarterbacks are under duress. It's like maybe a handful of times throughout the first half, you have to move the pocket, you have to, you know, get out of there, that kind of thing. But otherwise, he's standing back there. He can read the field. He's making confident throws, quick decisions, getting the ball out. He was masterful in the first half. And quite frankly, in the second half, he wasn't bad either. You know, the Broncos started with the ball. The Bears essentially forced a three and out uh, and forced another punt. And the Bears, 15 plays, 66 yards, 9 minutes, 26 seconds, drive ends with a two-yard uh, pass from for, from Fields to Herbert. His fourth touchdown pass of the day. We've got this game by the balls, 28-7. to seven. We're basically doing whatever we want. And I really, really loved that drive. Really loved that drive because we had not seen anything like that from the Bears in so long. If they did it at all last year, they sure as hell haven't done it this year. Was having... I mean, it was fun watching the Bears kind of chunk the ball down the field, 20-yard catch, 15, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I really, really enjoyed watching the Bears methodically move down the field, chew up nine-plus minutes of clock, and put it in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, 28-7, to that had to be a deflating, demoralizing score for the Broncos. For them to basically, for for essentially like... Because they, they, the, the last drive before the half, that one, you just kind of toss that one out. So for the fourth time in five drives, the Bears have done whatever they wanted. They've moved right down the field, and they put it in the end zone. It's 28-7, to seven, okay? The fat lady's warming up, okay? But the, uh, the Broncos came back with a drive of their own after that 28-7 to seven score right before the end of the... Uh, fourth quarter seven plays 75 yards to make it 28 to 14 all right so when I recorded my third third quarter knee-jerk reaction I was like yeah the Bears had you know and I was going on and on about the drive that 15 play drive 66 yards nine and a half minutes it's like I just loved every second of it because it was a mixture of run run pass like on the 15th play as we're Pulling up to the, for the fifteenth play, it's the their graphic came up seven runs, seven passes. It's like that's that's what you got. That's what you love to see right there. And you know, two plays. Uh, actually, on the very next play, the fifteenth play, that was the touchdown. So, but it was like seven plays, seven passes, or seven runs, seven passes, and then on the eighth pass, another scramble. You know, field scrambling around. That was certainly not how the play was drawn up. He scrambles around, boom. He finds Herbert in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, it's just like, okay, here we go. We're off and running. Justin Fields only needs like 30 yards to break 300 for the first time in the fourth quarter. So even though I want to see a lot more running uh, in the fourth quarter, let's see just let's get Justin that extra 32 yards, see if he can't get a 300-yard uh, game. And, uh, you know, going into the fourth quarter feeling very good about where we are. It was like famous last words, but the Bears are cruising right now. Yeah. How famous those words are now. Jesus Christ. So, I mean, Fields, 28 of 35, 335, four touchdowns and one pick. And perfect passer rating is 158.3. He still finished 132.7. Herbert had 100 yards rushing today on 18 carries. DJ Moore, eight catches, 131. This is what the offense was supposed to look like. DJ Moore, 131 yards on eight catches. Cole Komet, 
85 yards on seven catches, two touchdowns. Darnell Mooney, four catches, 51 yards, contributing. This is what we want to see. You know, hell, even Robert Tunyon got involved for a couple of catches uh, in this one. Then the fourth quarter happened. And it was just... Uh, the name of the episode is This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things. Because the fourth quarter, we we managed to give the ball back to the Broncos. They went 10 plays, 66 yards, and 4 minutes and 20 seconds and end um, with a touchdown pass from Wilson to Cortland Sutton to make it 28-21. The touchdown was on third down, and the, and the Broncos, including that one, the Broncos converted three third downs on that drive to march down the field and score to make it a one-score game. And on the ensuing drive, the Bears could have put this all to bed. A uh, promising-looking drive was killed by a a strip sack, scoop, and score. Um, And it was something that – and it wasn't Justin's fault, man. Okay? This one was on Getze. Or, or or Chris Morgan, our offensive line coach, or it was on you know the running back Herbert or Rashawn Johnson going in the wrong direction or whatever. But it had happened. This was about the fifth time or so that it happened. But there had been several plays during the game where the edge rusher, whoever the edge rusher was for the Broncos, came free into the backfield. So Justin Fields is not even finished with a three to five step drop. He's got a Bronco up his ass or in his face, or whatever. And that's what happened on this play. The Bears had gotten away with it the first three or four times that it happened in the game, not this time, and it tied up the ballgame. Justin Fields, I mean, so three-step drop, guys in his face, and Justin Fields doesn't have time to finish a three-step drop and get his arm back, because as he's getting an arm back, the ball's knocked out of his hands, scooped and scored uh, for, the, for the defensive end, Cooper. Who they said was a teammate of his at Ohio State picked it up, ran it back, touchdown. What was twenty-eight to seven is now twenty-eight twenty-eight, and it just, uh, yeah. So here we are. Here we are. Where it was, you know, Bear fans are feeling good. God forbid we were confident and and everything. Look at the way the offense looks, and it. And I don't know, and I, I actually at this point, I doubt we'll be able to do the same thing to Washington on Thursday. I would be pleasantly surprised if we can. But like I said, we know what it's supposed to look like now. We've actually put it on tape in an actual game, and we know we can do it. We know we can do it. Go out there, see what. just look at the tape. It's fantastic for the most part. But in the end, it was self-inflicted wounds that killed us. Larry Borum with his false starts, and we had some we had some holding penalties in there. The scoop and score, the strip sack, and everything. It just so anyway, we get the ball back now that the game is tied. We put together another solid drive, second time in the fourth quarter uh, here, second or third actually, but second time in the fourth quarter, second time in a row. Herbert's running the football while really pounding it down Denver's throat. You know, we're using up this clock, getting the ball down the field, and we get to fourth and one. Number one, we tried to get them to jump on fourth and one because we actually got them to do it earlier uh, in the game. But um, the Broncos don't bite. We call a timeout. There's 2.57 to go in the game. It would have been a 35-yard field goal, which means we were about the 17-18 yard line. So we're inside the red zone. Now Iberflus wants to go for it on fourth down. And old school offensive lineman Larry is sitting here thinking, well, if you can't win a yard, if you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win the fucking game. But Chicago Bear fan Larry is like, there's no fucking way I want them going for this right now. Okay? Either they do something stupid, like one of those tight end snaps with Cole Komet, where he, we, got a, we had a fourth and one on the drive after, 
the first one for our first touchdown drive. We had a, a Cole Komet did that barely, barely got them. In fact, I think we got a generous spot uh, on that one. But we're either going to do something stupid like that or Justin Fields. And uh, God, I love Justin Fields. I really do. I was really happy for him today. I'm still happy for him. But I just, he had an outstanding game. He showed us what it's supposed to look like today. But I don't know what the hell it is about him on fourth down if he's really, I don't know if it's happened to him in practice or maybe it happened a time or two at Ohio State or something. But he's 6'3". He's got these long arms, and yet every time we run the ball on fourth and one, he gets T-Rex arms and holds the ball in close. Now, I get needing to protect the ball, but when it's fourth and one, all you got to do is reach the ball over the top to get the first down. That's it. I know you risk getting the ball knocked out of your hands, and there are going to be defenders looking. You got to take the risk, man. Okay, because we can't get a push for shit on those short yardage situations. And instead, we run a dive play, and actually it was an option play. Fields should have kept it. Instead, he hands it off to Herbert, who gets stuffed. We don't get an inch on fourth and one. Give the ball back to the Broncos with 252 to go in the game. They march right down the field. Uh, and actually, they don't march right down the field. They got a huge chunk play. Um. On uh, on one, you know, Wilson found they were they like immediately in field goal range after they catch that pass. We're able to stop him uh, to hold on third down and force a fifty-one yard kick from uh, Will Lutz, and uh, of course it's perfect. He nails it. He almost blocked it though. Dylan Cole um, jumped right over the top and almost got there in time. Came just short. Uh, of it, and uh, I think there's there was still like a minute thirty one to go, something like that, and um, we're starting to move the ball a little bit, and um, yeah, I, he threw an interception, and. It was one of those where it looked like there was some miscommunication between him and Cole Komet because he threw the ball like he was expecting Cole Komet to keep going across the middle of the field. He threw it where he thought Cole was going to be, and Cole sat on the route. And he threw it basically threw it right to the defender. So, and that happened with 33 seconds to go. There's your ball game. What was 28-7 to late in the third quarter, is now a 31 to 28 loss. But hey, we got the first and second pick in the NFL draft if the season ended today 13 weeks early. So, there it was. And um you know, those two things, those two mistakes at the end of the game sadly, are going to fall in Justin Fields' lap when only really one of them was his fault. Um, like I said, the Bears have been living dangerously with that edge-rushing thing because it literally happened more than once. That play that I talked about on the, on the first drive of the game where we'll never know what the play was supposed to be because there were four guys in the backfield immediately after the snap of the ball. It's like, that's the kind of shit we're talking about. Guys are just running free right through. And, you know, it just it had happened about at least two other times during the game where the edge rusher, not a blitzer, the edge rusher came free. The guy that was standing on the end of the line of scrimmage, no one accounts for him. Before Justin Fields can finish his drop, there's somebody in his face. And it finally burned us. We've been living dangerously all day. The Broncos finally burned us. They finally made us pay for it. And there it was. Here we are, you know, looks like we're putting some... The offense didn't have any trouble throughout the entire fucking game. They were moving the ball up and down the field. Let me see what we ended up with stat-wise today. Four hundred seventy-one yards total offense today. Four hundred seventy-one yards. 
Six of 12 on third down. That's unprecedented for the Bears. You know, Fields 28 of 35 as opposed to, you know, 13 of 29 or some shit like that. 171 yards rushing uh, as a team. But the it was the penalties, man. 10 penalties for 91 yards and the two turnovers. That was the difference in the game. That was literally the difference in the game. The strip sack, the interception. Yeah, had time of possession nailed by about seven and a half minutes. We had 26 first downs. They only had 17. 70 plays to Broncos, 48. We won this game everywhere except on the fucking scoreboard. More passing yards, more rushing yards. Yeah. Shit. It's just... Uh, it's like, why Why do we, you know? And here, actually, I'm saying, as I'm looking at the stats here, ESPN is showing the uh, the play of the uh, the last touchdown, the one where, where Herbert, or uh, where Fields found Herbert. It was another one of those plays where the rusher came free. That's what stopped the play. It was going to be like a, a reverse bootleg. Hand it off, make it look like it's going right, roll to the left where you were going to find your receiver. And instead, when he turns around, there's a defender in his face because that guy came free. So, because it just kind of it reminded me a little bit of um, the way that the Bears and, and the Texans, if you guys remember, last week or last year, it was week two or three when we played the Texans. And nobody ever bit on the fake for play action as for the Texans. Anyway, they just kept coming and they were right there in Fields' face. It was like, let the other guys, ten, let the other 10 guys worry about the running back. If he gets the ball, you keep coming, you keep going. And that's what the Broncos were doing today. Cause I just saw the strip sack again and it was another play action play. And rather than fall for the fake, the guy came right for, Justin Fields, and when he turns around after the fake, there it is. He turns around, tries to make the throw, ball gets knocked out of his hands, scooped, score, ball game, tied at 28. So that's coaching. That is coaching. It's a coaching failure on our part because after the Broncos were successful in doing that, throughout the game, we were lucky to be getting away with it, but it was effective in the way that it affected every play that they did it in every single play one way or the other. I mean, even though we got a touchdown out of one of those plays, that was not how that play was drawn up. Justin Fields was not supposed to run around like a chicken with his head cut off. And then, Oh wait, there's the, there's the, that's Khalil. Boom. Here you go. That's not how that play was supposed to go. And, you know, then on the, you know, the, in the fourth quarter, there it was. Just, just, Yeah, I just, it's, uh, that's what's, uh, that's coaching, you know. They obviously just told their defenders to keep coming because they're, they're ignoring the ball fake. They're ignoring the ball fake. That's supposed to, at the very least, freeze up the defender to make them hesitate, to give you that extra half second that you need to make your throw, to step into it, whatever it is, over and over again. And the Broncos just kept coming. That's coaching where we failed once again. Eberflus was in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. It's like, take the fucking points. Okay? Take the lead. Force them to go out there and beat us. But at the same time, it said two things. A, he's an idiot. And number two, uh, no confidence in the defense. None. I mean, you can say that it is because we went for it and then it would be on the defense, but no. No, it was like he didn't, <laughs> he didn't think we'd be able to stop them from scoring a touchdown. So we need to score a touchdown of our own because these dickheads are going to, you know, and the defense that he's calling, by the way, these dickheads are going to allow them to score another touchdown. 
so I can't have a field goal, then we'll lose when they score another touchdown. No, instead, we're going to go for it, and we'll get nothing, so all they need is a field goal to beat us. And then put us right in the position where we didn't want to be, which is you know, putting the ball in Justin Fields' hands with the game on the line where he is, for one reason or another, let us down every single time. You know, the few times that we were in a position to win the game on the last drive last year or, you know, we need to kick a field goal to tie the game or we're down four, we need to score a touchdown to win kind of thing. Never even came close. I mean, there were, and I think, at least two or three weeks in a row for the for the Bears last year, we went four and out. Four incompletions later, boom, we're giving the ball back and the game is over now. So, yeah, it's it's... It's a fucking heartbreak, man. I just And we got to do it again in 4 days against the defensive line. It's going to be pissed because they had the Eagles by the balls today and they let that one get away. Took them to overtime, came back late cuz the Eagles took the lead. They came back and tied it and ended up losing it in overtime. So this is a team that's that was pissed and uh and we're going to them too. We're going on the road. This is going to be this is going to be fun. So yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh bear up and bear down uh for this week. Uh bear up. Khalil Herbert. Outstanding game uh today. Unless of course it was your job to be getting those free rushers, but I don't think they were. 18 carries, 103 yards. On the ground, he also added four catches for 19 yards and a touchdown through the air. So 122 yards of total offense and a touchdown today. Fantastic. Cole Komet, seven catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns uh, today. DJ Moore, eight catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. Best game in a bear uniform. This is what DJ Moore's stat line needs to look like every week. With or without touchdowns, he's our Brandon Marshall. We got to be finding him in the passing game all the time, you know. Because if you guys remember back in 2012, the first year that we had Marshall, Brandon Marshall had like 120 receptions, and the next receiver, because Matt Forte had like 70 or so catches out of the backfield, the next receiver had like 29 catches that year. Cutler was looking for for Brandon Marshall all day long, and Brandon Marshall was always there for him. That's what DJ Moore and Justin Fields needs to be. And I know that we have Cole Komet and we have uh, Darno Mooney uh, and even Tyler Scott, who I would like to see a lot more of in the passing game especially. Um, it should be lopsided as far as targets to, uh, to DJ Moore. Let's see. Yeah, DJ Moore had nine. Cole Komet had nine. And eight catches for Moore, seven for Komet. Four targets, four catches for Mooney. That's good stuff as well. So I would also like to see a lot more Rashawn Johnson. Five carries for 13 yards today. That's not nowhere near enough. But anyway. So bear up to Khalil Herbert, Cole Komet, DJ Moore. Outstanding days uh, today. Bear up Justin Fields. 28 of 35, 335, four touchdowns. Had the two turnovers. The first one, the scoop and score, I don't put that on him. Like I said, I put that on coaching. Because it's not even one of those, you got to get rid of the ball, Justin. It's like, no. They ran the play fake. The, the, the Broncos had the better coaching going on there. Just keep coming. Forget about the fake. Let the other 10 guys worry about the running back. If he's got the ball, you have fields. Go get him. And that's what he did. Fumble comes out, up and off the, you know, Cooper scoops it up, touchdown, Broncos, and we got a tie ball game uh, on our hands, you know. So also added another 25 yards rushing uh, as well, so a 360-yard day for Justin Fields. Uh, I got to give him a bear down, though, for almost nothing having to do with his performance because, like I said, the the interception – I mean, actually, that's that's a big part of it, is that in that moment, managed to let us down once again, one way or the other. 
And even though it appeared to be some kind of miscommunication between he and Cole Komet, this is what we brought you here for. This is, this is, you know, I would love to have the problem for the Bears to figure out how to fit a 40 to $50 million a year quarterback under the salary cap or how to build a team around a 40 to $50 million a year quarterback. We can't count on you in these situations. As much as it sucks to say out loud, that's just the truth. I don't want to be this guy. For for this day to end this way, it's like I said, it's the most bare thing of all time. Because it's it's almost like everything that he did for the first three and a half quarters is going to be erased by what happened in the last half of the fourth quarter. The scoop and score, the strip sack, the scoop and score, the interception at the end of the game. You know, we just needed a field goal. And we can't even pull that off. Even after 470 yards of offense up to that point, throw an interception to kill the game, it's over. Oh, yeah, and uh, just for shits and giggles, it tied the biggest comeback the Bears have allowed in team history. It happened once in, uh, for the third time, though. It happened once in 53 against the 49ers. It happened again in 2002 against the Patriots. I remember that game. And uh happened today. So for the third time in team history, we give up the biggest uh, comeback deficit, which was 21 points, to uh, lose a ball game. So there you go. And I just see an alert on my phone that the Cubs lost again. So they end the season losing like like 7 out of 20, where they had the, the wild card position by the balls, and they end up, just absolutely pissing it away the last month of the season. Chicago sports, you know, there it is right there for you. Like right now, everyone's hanging their hopes on this, uh, this number one pick that the Blackhawks made. I wish I knew fuck all about hockey, but apparently he's the next Gretzky and we got him. We got, we won the, the NHL draft lottery and we got him. So that's, you know, kind of what we're hanging at. Connor Bedard, I think his name is, or something like that. I'm not a hockey guy. The hockey makes absolutely no sense to me. Because, uh, I mean, I, even when the when the Hawks were winning Stanley Cups, like three and five years or whatever it was, I was watching the playoffs. But I couldn't tell you what the hell was going on, why this play was good, or it, it's just like it looks like utter fucking chaos out there. It's like Hockey makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, what is icing? What What is that? How are you offsides in, in a hockey? I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. But we scored more goals than the other team back in, like, 2010, 2013, 2015. So, hey, world champs, you know, whatever. Not saying I'm a baseball expert either, but I at least get it. Anyway. Chicago. Chicago sports. Why do you love us? Because fuck you, that's why. It's just... <sighs> yeah. But anyway, so yeah, to kind of finish my point on Justin Fields, he had an outstanding performance, his the best of his career, but this is what's going to be remembered of it with the two turnovers in the fourth quarter, one of which I will go to my grave saying wasn't his fault. The second one was uh, a bad throw or a miscommunication. One of the two. Either way, that's on fields. Uh, the other bear downs, Matt Eberflus, your fucking defense gave up a 21-point deficit. We were coasting. We were cruising. Cruising in the third quarter. Gave it all back. Bear down to Luke Getze. I just, I mean, it looked good for most of the game. It absolutely did. But that one coaching flaw, you couldn't seem to fucking figure out. Uh, 
what to do about those free rushers off the edge. Didn't think, hey, we might want to do something to, you know, figure that out because either we're going to get Justin killed or we're going to end up turning over the football. It's going to hurt us. Yeah, well, second one happened. We gave away points that the defense didn't give away. But in the clutch moments, once again, the defense falls apart. Let the Broncos go right down the field, including that huge chunk play that got them into field goal range almost immediately. They were able to score the points to take the lead and didn't give it back. So it's like I don't necessarily have that big of an issue with how the game was called. Um, among others on the offensive line, I want to give a bear down to Larry Borum. He was terrible today. Absolutely terrible. And it's got me on my knees praying that Braxton Jones comes back. I will take his holding penalties over what we've been getting from Larry Borum so far. And I'm actually, I'm kind of hoping that when Tevin Jenkins comes back, which will hopefully be this Thursday, they put him in a tackle. Let him be the left tackle. It would be an upgrade over Borum. Put JT Carter in at left guard. Put Whitehair back at center. And we just got better at three positions on the offensive line. Because something's not working at guard for Whitehair. We're so weak up the middle. Nate Davis played today. I would have to go back and look at the film to say how he looked. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I really wasn't watching the offensive line. Sadly, when when you're watching the TV broadcast, you only really notice the offensive linemen and how shitty they've been when they fuck up. It's very rare that you're like, you know what, the offensive line is, or so-and-so on the offensive line is really kicking ass today. You have to actually be really watching the offensive line to be able to say so, especially when watching on television. But, you know, Larry Borum was the worst of the bunch today, or at least... He made the mistakes that were most noticeable uh, today. And, um, you know, Eberflus and Getze, for the most part, were fine. But when it came down to crunch time, they both fell apart. You know, Getze refused to do something. Or maybe it's even Chris Morgan. Let's throw him in there as at least an honorable mention for our uh, offensive line coach to figure out something to do about those free rushers. And yet, we didn't do anything. We got away with it the first few times, and then the, the last time, we didn't get away with it and it ended up costing us huge. Gave the Broncos all the momentum, sucked the air right out of the stadium, and there it was. So, yeah. Anyway, guys, there you have it. I said I would get it out early. Uh, as I'm looking at this, it's not even quarter to five. Yet, I'm going to get this edited and posted and forget about it because tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., I'm talking to Mr. Wu from, uh, Mr. Wu, I should say, from, uh, from the Commander's Declassified podcast. Both of us coming off of very tough losses. At least it's not like when I talked to Lori last week for the Broncos game, we're coming off of fucking embarrassing losses. 70 points given up by the Broncos. The Bears just getting dragged through the mud by the Chiefs all day long last Sunday. At least our football teams put up fights and had, you know, strong efforts but just fell to better teams. Well, actually, the Broncos are not better than us, but, um, you know, just fell to, to you know, in the final moments uh, to, uh, to lose on Sunday. The Commanders did lose to a better team. We did not, which makes what happened to us suck even more. So, anyway, I'm going to drop that one on uh, Wednesday to preview um, Bears and Commanders uh, for Week 5 on Thursday night. And, um, you know, but come on back uh, on Tuesday. I guess I'm going to have the day off because this will be this will be the show that comes out tonight and will carry us through Monday. Tuesday for the fourth phase, we'll review the rest of uh, week four, including this Bear game. I'm sure I'll have a few more thoughts maybe after the Bears uh, 
press conferences and whatnot to uh, to see. Maybe even talk a little bit more about Chase Claypool because fuck that guy. You know, he had that uh, play stupid games, win stupid prizes moments where they asked him if he thought the Bears were using him properly, and he said no. Just flat out said no, which, true or not, but up until today, had anybody on the offense been used properly? Even our fucking quarterback? Literally anyone. It's like, get in fucking line, dude. What's the matter with you? And then the Bears made him inactive today. And, hey, look at that. The offense didn't suck. So, anyway. Actually, you know what? Fuck him. That's the last I'm talking about. And it says the Bears are looking to trade him. So, I hope they do. Obviously, we're not going to get return on investment. We're not going to get what we paid for him. That's for sure. But hopefully we get a little something. Because he's in a contract year. So, he's out of Chicago no matter what. So whether we fail to trade him and he plays out the rest of the season, he's not wearing a bear uniform in 2024. It's just not happening. So the only time he'd wear a bear uniform in 2024 is when we play those last two games in January at the end of the season. Otherwise, fall of 2024, no fucking way. So anyway, come back on Tuesday for the uh, week four review for the fourth phase. We'll recap uh, the rest of the games and uh, see how I did with the points because right now I'm uh, – not doing so hot. There's a bunch of gays went my went against me. Like for some reason, I picked the fucking Colts over the Rams. That didn't. That almost worked out because the Rams were winning twenty went twenty three to nothing. The Colts came all the way back, took it to overtime. The Rams took the opening drive for a touchdown. So that's walk off. Wow, wow, shit. So the fucking Colts lost. The Bengals got blasted by the by the Titans. The the Browns who were, like, on all-the-world pace for their defense, gave up 28 to the Ravens today. I mean, I know Deshaun Watson didn't play, but holy fuck, man. Does that mean your defense can't function? Anyway, we'll talk about that and more on the fourth phase. Come back for that on Tuesday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.